the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As uh, we head into our third hour on your drive home, it's a delight to bring back to uh, the show Sam Stone. Sam Stone for your drive home. He is a political consultant in town. You can follow him on what we call Twix at Sam the Paul, P-O-L. He also has his own radio show heard here every Saturday afternoons at 3, Breaking Battlegrounds. How are you, Sammy? Seth, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. We have a lot of grave business to discuss, but uh, before Actually, we enter, I mean, it's, yeah, this has been a, a heck of a week. Well, let's right. start. Let's do it. I mean, you know, I was I was earlier in the show talking about uh, the Yates poem, uh, just about you know the second coming. God knows that's the title of it. That uh, things are falling apart. Centers aren't. How much? How much how much resilience do we have? You know, we've got the Middle East on fire. Now throw in Lewiston. I mean, there's it just it's it's a it's a tough week. It it is a really tough week. But you know what? Maybe we should follow David's advice then and start out with something that makes you want to start out light about something that makes people heavy. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm not sure saying starting out light when we're about to talk about fast food is the right (laughs) word word choice, but okay. We're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into everything super heavy, um, ideologically and philosophically and the stakes for our country. But young David always likes to ask us when we're together about our, our opinions about different genres of food. And he said, today, fast food. Do you have a thought about better or best fast food in this in this state or in the city? I, I think we should each name our top three. Oh boy! Like, what's your top three? Right? I'm like, weird. In order, what's I'm your weird. top three? I'm weird. Uh, okay, but but one condition is they have to have a drive-through. You can't name one that doesn't like Five Guys is great, but it doesn't have a drive-through. Yeah, and I'm not, it's and not that's not, food. and that wouldn't be on my top thirty. I know this is where I'm weird. I I do uh, I I um. Oh, no, you said five guys. Five guys is okay. It doesn't qualify no drive-thru. I thought you were going to say in and out uh, Culver's. Okay, that's an excellent choice. Yep. Okay. Uh, I like Culver's. And, boy, I'm just trying to think of a drive-thru. Oh, well, Jack in the Box. I'm a huge the Jack in the Box tacos. You know, I can do that forever and always. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know how, but okay. <laughs> And I don't know if it's I have cardboard in a bag for when you're drunk. But it, okay. Uh, well, even when you're not, it's pretty damn. Maybe that's the problem. Try it sober. <laughs> Try them sober, Sam. <laughs> I don't have another one. I haven't been to Fish and Chips Pizza in a long time. I wonder if that's any good. I know they have the drive through. So that I'm I'm kind of lame on the genre, but you go ahead. Well, okay. So so Culver's is a good choice. That that definitely should be top three. My, my top one is Chick fil A. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and I, I, I'm going to I'm going to cheat a little bit and say, like Popeyes, yes, sir. like they're one A one and one A two. It's not even like a thing. It's just that I don't like super crispy chicken. Okay, I actually like the sort of softer breading that they have at, at Chick Fil A. Yeah, but the single greatest item in all of fast food is the the spicy crispy chicken sandwich at Popeyes. Like 
Yeah, that was that the thing people were like going violent over at one point or something. Like a couple years ago, yes, people and, were rioting over frankly, them or something. <laughs> Worth a riot. Frankly, that's more understandable than most of the riots that have been thrown in this country in the last decade. I understand the point. I'm glad you put it that way. I know um, someone who said, a very well-known person in Washington, who said if he could have anything for his last meal, it would be Popeye's. He likes it that much. I, I got to tell you, that and their beans and rice is like killer. All right. Not if you col- like beans and rice, I like I like the killer beans and rice. I like the coleslaw, K- Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KFC. Um, they have good coleslaw. Yeah, I, I give you that. So I've, I'll put oh, Z's Greek is a great drive-through. It takes a long time, but the food is really good at Z's Greek. You ever done Z's Greek? They have a drive-through. Z's Greek is fantastic. Yeah. I- I'm going to go with like you know more like national type chains, sure, sure. chains or whatever. Sure. Um, you might have, but. Um, but like, look, I would put like your basic roadside stand ahead of all of this. Stuff. I understand that too. Sure. All right. right? Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, and, and my third one would, would have to be, um, Whataburger. Whataburger? Yeah. I think it was better years ago. I've tried it again and again and again, hoping it will be what I remembered. And it seems like it's gotten a little, the food is a little dry. It's a little desiccated. It's not what I remember. But maybe it's the locations I'm trying. That that might be, Seth, because honestly, I don't do a lot of fast food um, anymore. So, I mean, it's been a few years, actually, since I went to a Whataburger the only real exception to that is like once every few weeks, I will go hit up a chicken sandwich from one of those joints. The secret to the Whataburger is the chopped onions and the mustard, just as the secret to the Whopper with cheese is the mayonnaise. Yeah, the, the Whopper with cheese with the mayonnaise, it works. It really does. Um, they do a perfect yeah. mix. Yeah. Okay. We're on the – yeah, see, this yeah. is we, – we, we can – And, and to, to, to David's – the discussion you were having Yeah, do we need to have this discussion? In. Yeah. I, I believe we do a little bit because for folks who obviously weren't offline talking about this before the show, um, you were having a discussion with David about In-N-Out and saying uh, Burger King you thought was superior to In-N-Out. Yeah, I know it's a controversial statement, but I stand by it. I I, I, I want to disagree with you, but I can't entirely. There, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Um so I, I, two things. Like one, if you got a Whataburger, I don't even know if you can still do this, but in California back in the day, you could get a In-N-Out medium rare or medium. Oh yeah, probably and not anymore. A, yeah, probably not anymore. Right. It's a totally different experience under that situation than it is with the cook to a char. Sure. The way they, they sure have now to it's do Soviet. Here and, now we, now it's Soviet. Yeah. 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 Um, and and two, their French fries are terrible. Awful. They're awful. They just and need frankly, to stop. Just stop. It's a bad joke. Just stop with the French fries. Well, they they don't freeze them. I know that sounds crazy, but freezing French fries actually improves the quality of the fry. Because have the, either of you ever ordered the French fries well done, though? Anyway, I have. You, you, <laughs> you, just get, you just get little rock sticks. Yes. yes. He's so, out of his so element. When you freeze the French fry, the moisture that's inside the fry expands and it breaks up the interior. So that's why you get that nice crispy exterior with a soft interior that's like the classic McDonald's or, you know, uh, a crinkle cut type type taste texture. And that makes them way better. So in and out should be using fresh meat and frozen fries and they're not. Uh-huh. They've got they've got it exactly backwards. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, no, they do use fresh beef. Like that's one of their pitches. They have no freezers, right? Oh, okay. They, just, they need a freezer. They need a freezer. Okay. Well, I yeah, I think the bread is a little stale too. I got to tell you, I, I just think don't that's think why the... they're not over the uh, the Rockies because they have to truck everything in every so often. I don't know. Some of these places are just regional. Jack in the Box isn't east of the Mississippi either. I don't know. It's, some of these places are just uh, well. Jack in the Box east of the Mississippi is Hardee's. It's the same. Restaurant. Oh, is that it's right? Oh, well, if I yeah. only knew when I lived there. If I only knew you when I lived there. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. Or no, I'm sorry. That's that's not Jack in the Box. That's uh, it's uh, Carl's Junior. Jr. It's Carl's Junior. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any JIB across uh, the on the other side. I just don't. I think they've expanded nationally now. Actually. After I moved back, just for them. Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could live in New York and pay twice as much for your Jack in the Box, and then get taxed to death and caught up in a or just death. You might just get death. Calling, I mean, yeah. You might not. Yeah. They might not even have to tax you when you look at the crime rates of these. Places. Yeah. You, you might, as a Jew, you might end up hiding in the attic of a library to you know save yourself. Do people know this story in Cooper Union, which is in Manhattan, site of one of Abraham Lincoln's most famous speeches? Jews had to hide in a library behind locked doors and for 40 minutes held in what would effectively be known in the criminal law as false arrest in fear of their lives. Manhattan. College, yeah, Sam. The, College. The librarians suggested they, they retreat and hide in the attic, and they ended up getting taken out of the building via underground tunnels to avoid the protesters. Uh, these, you know, I, I, I hate using the word for these folks, Seth. This is this is not protest. This is a call for the extermination of Jews. It, 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 that's not that that is calling for genocide. Yeah, I was uh, texting with a friend of ours, maybe mutual, not sure, but the, earlier this morning in across Fox News, there was this story of uh, Palestinian protests on our campuses, and I said to him, "These aren't Palestinian protests. These are." Uh, genocide marches. Uh, I have to take a break. Can we pick up on that when we come back, Sam? Yeah, you bet. Thanks, buddy. Sam Stone is my guest. Breaking Battlegrounds is his radio show. You can hear it here every Saturday afternoon at 3. He, young David, and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest, host of Breaking Battlegrounds, heard here every Saturday afternoons at 3. He is a consultant, political consultant in town, Sam the Paul, P-O-L, on uh, Twitter X, Twix. Uh, Sam, um, I don't know uh, where to begin this conversation. Uh, College campuses, I, I was shocked, maybe should not have been, but these numbers are fairly alarming and in and of themselves shocking. Uh, Harris, uh, Harvard Harris poll. This is a, a, a significant poll. It's a good polling organization. Um, Forty-eight percent of voters, eighteen to twenty-five. So not just eighteen to twenty-five. Nothing's eighteen to twenty-five year olds who are registered to vote literally support. Hamas over Israel. 51%, that is to say a majority, believe the Hamas attacks of October 7th were justified. In the question, it even said, even given the Palestinian grievances, were the attacks justified? 51%, a majority said yes. 18 to 25-year-olds, Sam. 18 to 25-year-olds. 
Seth, I, I wish I could say I was shocked or surprised by this at all. I, I go back actually to 20, 2009, and I was working since Southern Arizona with uh, Ruth McClung against Roliver Hall, but I was meeting with some people from APAC. And I said, you know, I don't think you, because you, they have a history of playing both sides of the aisle, right? And I said, you can't do that here. You really got to get behind us and put a lot of effort into this because Grijalva is the avatar of a new thing in the Democrat Party where they are actually solicitous towards the terrorists, mm-hmm. that they, they truly hate Israel and Jews. And this is coming. It's being taught in our schools, and it's going to be a huge problem. And they literally laughed at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was right. They were wrong. Mm-hmm. We have seen this now. Our education system has been twisted by ideological perverts, mm-hmm. quite frankly, mm-hmm. who have no moral structure to whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but their only true value is hatred of Western values mm-hmm. and hatred of a world order that it has achieved greater things for its citizens, more freedom, more upward mobility. All these things uh, they view, frankly, in a very negative light. And that has now translated worldwide. And it's tied into this entire DEI, CRT philosophy, which in many ways has its roots in black supremacist ideology. Yes. So these really kind of black supremacists who have the most pernicious view of the world, where basically they say African are the most superior people in the world. And they list as literal pigs at the bottom of the list. Subhuman animals is, Mm -hmm. is how Jews are defined in their worldview. Mm -hmm. And worldview has now come to be an accepted teaching philosophy, not merely at our universities, but because of the universities, it's been translated down to our K-12 system. And they spend now two decades indoctrinating children with this viewpoint. I'm literally in a discussion on Twix right now, discussion, argument, whatever you want to call it. This guy's mostly throwing insults with a leftist, young leftist Jew who absolutely believes Israel is an apartheid state where they routinely murder Arabs. Mm -hmm. Um, He believes, I mean, he believes every charge that Hamas would make about Israel, he fully believes. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, to come to that sort of belief takes real indoctrination and instruction. It takes time. You don't, that's not natural. And to, to hate yourself, to hate your own people that much, it is a very Soviet-style indoctrination program that has been very carefully disseminated through our education system. And I would tell you today, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, get them out of the public instruction system. Get them out. They, you know, you are not helping their future or the future of this country or the world anymore. I used to say, let's try to reform it. Now I'm just at the point of saying we're going to have to wipe the slate clean and start all over because we don't educate children anymore. We teach them a version of leftism that is dangerous and evil. And this is the outcome of that. These these sewers are beyond draining. You you you're in this uh, debate, discussion, argument with this person. Uh, hate themselves. You mention um, it takes a certain kind of uh, special uh, brain or deracination of morality to hate yourself. What about hating decency? 
this is so interesting to me. I don't know if you caught this debate with um, moderated by Piers Morgan between a Palestinian uh, attorney and um, a sports broadcaster named Emily Austin. Sometimes uh, you see her on Fox News. And this Palestinian attorney, well-educated, living in the West, perfect English, um, could not, could not, no matter whatever grievances she had, could not say, would not say, 10-7 was an atrocity, would not denounce it, asked many a time, will you denounce it? Her response when pinned was that should not have to be the beginning of this discussion, um, which was, of course, a dodge. And, and, and I have to... I have to ask how you can hate decency so much to see young people, or really anyone, but in our our case, young people willing to side with what you rightly point out uh, somewhere on your uh, Twix feed, um, the Nazi playbook, uh, the Hitlerite attitude. Uh, There's something deeply, deeply morally wrong with these people. I don't know that we live in the same world. I really don't. We do not. And I think history has a very clear answer to that question, Seth. And the answer is that morally decent people do not need a lot of governance. Historically, morally decent populations require only a very light form of governance because they'll maintain that moral decency throughout the construct of their society. Yeah, it turns out the golden rule works pretty well. Right. Yeah, it informs yeah. every human interaction yeah. in that society, those those moral foundations. So if your goal is unrestrained power, and if your goal is a top-down for the world with these elitists who, uh, you know, very clearly want to tell everyone else how to live their lives, mm-hmm. and that is their mission, and that, you know, they are very, very obviously now trying to out that new world order, that they had fantasized about for generations, they are attempting to carry it out. And you cannot carry it out with populations that are by and large morally decent. Morally depraved societies, it's very easy to justify the heavy-handed intervention of authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me take a break and pick up on that. You talk also about useful tools and the parallels to the Nazism of the left we're seeing now. You are seeing some tremendous outpouring, Sam, of sympathy and decency from the non-Jewish elements of the non-Jewish community. Your uh, any number of them, uh, your Dana Loches, your Megan Kellys, your um, Douglases, um, really, really quite impressive statements of people who get it. Why is it so hard to get? How is this so hard to get? And let's put in a good word for them, Douglas Murray's. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. Sam, the Paul, host of Breaking Battlegrounds every Saturday at 3 p.m. You can hear it here. You were writing to me earlier about the astonishing parallel rise of Nazism by the left, what we're seeing today. Sam, Dana Loesch, about two weeks ago, said on her podcast, um, for those who study history or for those who learn about 1930s Germany and say, how could this happen? How could people watch this? How could they comply with it? How could they acquiesce in it? How could they observe it and say nothing and do nothing if they didn't live there? Uh, She said, look at your college campuses right now in America 
and you have your answer. This is precisely how. I think she's not far wrong, Sam. No, she, she's not. Um, so the rise, if you, I, I think she's exactly on point, in fact. I mean, the rise of, of Nazism, the National Socialist Party of Germany. Um, here's just a, a quick rundown of the tenets of what the Nazis campaigned on in 1932. Um, they they did campaign. There was an undertone campaign against Jews, like we're seeing now, that became much more flagrant once they were elected in 1933, and it, it moved into official forms. But what underlied that was this was their platform. <laughs> Capitalism is an unfair system of exploitation for the benefit of the few. It is therefore the job of government to control and manage commercial enterprises for the benefit of all. Price ceilings and minimum wage hikes are preferred steps on the way to participating the masses. Mm-hmm. Three, government spending is beneficial and has no impact on inflation or economic depression. Mm-hmm. Four, government must control all aspects of national discourse and should use force to suppress dissenting ideology. Mm-hmm. Five, anyone who opposes these concepts is ill-intentioned. Mm-hmm. And now you add in the victim blaming, victim shaming of going after Jews and blaming people for the problems. Oh, the Muslims and the world would be at peace if it wasn't for those dirty Israelis. Right. Just that is no different at all than saying that you would have really hello 1932 Germany. Your economic prosperity would return overnight if it wasn't being stolen by those dirty Jews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. The difference is merely the time and place and specific circumstance. But what you have is a party that has shifted into, and, and I'm now careful to try to say Democrat leftist because I believe there are a lot of Democrats who continue to vote Democrat simply because they have their whole lives and they don't understand how far their party has moved away from them. And Barry Weiss has, has written to that effect quite a bit in the last few days that of the, this lab have really shined a light on how far the left has moved away from her as a, you know, a traditional liberal Democrat. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, inter- structurally, we as conservatives need to start, you know, need to be a little careful. I probably am, am guilty of this too often of being too combative. We have to reach out to some of these other people and we have to start separating out these folks and really taking them on. Um, and taking them, taking apology on, because otherwise, left unaffected, this is exactly how we got to the pogroms and to Holocaust and to World War II. And here we are, flirting on the edges of World War III and engaging in all the same bad behaviors from a significant segment of society. And if you want to look at numbers, remember that in 1932, the National Socialist Party, the Nazis in Germany, received 32% of the vote. Mm -hmm. Now look at those numbers of who blames Israel today Mm -hmm. for everything going on and doesn't blame Hamas. Moving away from just the youth where it's about a 50-50 proposition, Mm -hmm. look nationwide, it's about a third. Mm -hmm. We are exactly at that tipping point, and it is a very dangerous moment in the history and future of this country. It's uh, it's it gives me chills when you when you talk about this um, and when you talk about it in those numbers. And when you add on top of it the notion of the question, 
how could it happen in such an enlightened and advanced society? It's exactly that society that is most at risk and susceptible to the kind of demagoguery that destroyed Europe and that is and has destroyed the Middle East. Isn't it interesting, these enlightened societies that are so susceptible to this? Sam Stone is my guest. Let, this is a short segment. You know how the clock works here, Sam. Let me pick up with you on a bunch of this stuff and more when we come right back. Sam Stone and I will be right back. Sam Stone is my guest. Um, we uh, are, you know, told from the Bible forward, I've put before you good and evil, you can choose. And it is interesting that it is the liberal society that is always most at risk to coming to the darkest of the uh, of the dark choices. And, you know, it seems to be our... our how did your daddy's uh, buddy Robert Kennedy, uh, the dad, put it? To tame the, our job should be to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Sam Stone. <clears throat> uh, let's see if we can find something positive to end this segment with, or bring into the segment a little bit. Uh, obviously, this is a two-party country. One party has a really bad problem in its midst and has been nurturing and brewing the uh, cesspool we have been describing over the last three segments. The other party has its own set of problems, um, multiple. Don't want to brush those Mm -hmm. under the rug. But might we see a little light here with the new Speaker of the House I'm very inclined to like very much? Uh, Might Mike Johnson be somewhat helpful? I mean, there there are lots of ways to think about solutions to these things. Some of it is the guardrails of society that are erected by political leadership, which has been missing so badly. This man, Mike Johnson, looks like the kind of political leader that could help get us back on the right track somewhat. I ask it to you as a question. He could. I'm very hopeful. Um, In many ways, I think he is a much better candidate than Jim Jordan or a a much better speaker potentially than Jim Jordan. And that's not a knock on Jim Jordan, but it is in praise. Um, You have somebody now coming in there who is much more of a technician who understands uh, the depth of the financial issues facing the United States, for instance, far better. And so I'm hopeful. Now, that said, we were promised that same thing when Paul Ryan was made speaker. And what we got was just kind of a, a you know, rollover that no real action towards addressing some of the fundamental balances that are plaguing our federal government. Um, I am hopeful that we will see a much more aggressive approach. And the one thing that the dissenters um, who who evicted McCarthy were 100% right about, uh, both the when they initially held out before nominating him the first time and then in removing him, was that the maybe the single most critical thing in front of Congress is a return to regular order and yep. the debating of bills in succession mm-hmm. instead of these omnibus and continuing resolutions. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And he uh, he has set up a debt commission, and he has yes. I I think I share your perspective. I I really like Jim Jordan, but there's something about the demeanor of Mike Johnson. That you know, actually, believe it or not, his voting record is more conservative than Jim Jordan's. I was just looking up the ratings a little while ago, the ACU ratings, a few clicks to the right of uh, Jim Jordan. Um, I, I I just like the demeanor, and I I just loved his speech yesterday. And uh, I, I, I you either feel it or you don't. And I just kind of got a great feel about him. That's all. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Seth. Um, then, you know what, you and I are, are both uh, more interested in a, a more cerebral speaker. And I guess, actually, I, I think so. that. Yeah, I guess that's right. I, I, I think realistically, if you look at the, the founders and the system they created, the Speaker of the House was always meant to be something of a, a, a nerd. Mm hmm. I mean, that really kind of is the job description is is you're the biggest nerd in Congress. Yeah. Um, my and, ha- and my so, heroes have always been nerds. I'm, I suspect that's why <laughs> we like each yeah. other. <laughs> right. No, yes. absolutely. Mine are also. Yeah. And so I'm I'm very encouraged. Jim Jordan, I, I like lots of things about him. But the last thing he would say is yeah. an intellectual nerd. Um, he's a man of strong values and yeah. principles. He yeah. fights for his beliefs. Yeah. I, I grant all of that. Yeah. But he's not a nerd. No. And Johnson is a nerd, and that warms my nerd heart. I know. I know. And he just, there's just something about him that is much more, is the right, I think the right word, the word I'm looking for is winsome. There's just something about that more appealing. Um, the Democratic Party that you were talking of, by the way, it will get a test now uh, on a censure resolution over Rashida Tlaib. That will be an interesting test for the Democratic Party. I, 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 I hope, I hope for the sake of the country, the Democrats wake up to what they've created here. I don't know if they will. The vote hasn't been taken yet, but it's going to put them in a bind and in a box because they have been supporting this kind of noxiousness for way too long now. I don't know what you expect the vote to look like. It's probably too early to say. They're going to want to read the room. They'll probably do some poll testing. These are things you shouldn't have to poll test. These are things you shouldn't have to to do sample size audiences with. Uh, This should be visceral and it should be immediate. But it's going to put the Democratic Party in 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 an odd position, I think. I, I wouldn't be surprised, Seth, if there are three to maybe five Democrat members who are willing to vote for that censure. Yeah, just three to five. I would be think. shocked if wow. there were more, and wow. I wouldn't be shocked if there were none. Wow. 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 Well, you know, they rallied to Ilan Omar. They've rallied to Ilan Omar when they were trying to when they were attempting to remove her from, uh, what was it, Foreign Relations Committee on yeah. International Which, Relations. I mean, look, these, these folks, these... These squad members, and actually I would exclude AOC because she doesn't have the foreign national ties right. that the others have. Right. Um, they have no business on any committee that, that deals with sensitive uh, U.S. national intelligence. None. Uh, agree. And, and Talib should not be – I mean she needs to get George Santos treatment. She needs to be. They need to tell her. Listen, we're not. You know, we're we're not kicking you out. You can come in and vote for the floor votes, but you're going to be on no committees. You're going to be in no caucus. We're giving you nothing. Yeah, they can't do it. They can't do it. I remind that when moderates challenged Ilan and Rashida, Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib in their primaries, the D Triple C and Nancy Pelosi speaker at the time supported Tlaib and Omar. They just can't yeah. do it. I, 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 I don't know if they're in the grip of um, this, this part of the Democratic Party or if this part of the Democratic Party actually runs that much wider and deeper than some of us suspected. Well, it, it does. So one of the things, I mean, we talked about this is a third of the country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that sees that. Well, that's basically the entire Democrat Party. Yeah, that would be. I mean— you know, so but but even I mean, if you're a, that, if you're an anti-Semite, you're looking for a political party. Where do you run? Yeah. Yeah. And the the 30 to 50 percent, let's say it, it's only 30 to 50 percent of the Democrat Party. I think it's generally higher. And if you look at the numbers, it is. But let's just say that it's only 30 percent of the Democrat Party that shares these views. 
Well, that 30 percent is their their primary voting base. That's 60 percent of their primary vote. Yeah, there it is. That's that's really it's it's that's their math. That's their math. Well, you know, this is the thing about so many liberals that are waking up. Uh, Barry, I'll leave Barry Weiss out of it because that's a complicated story. But a lot of liberals waking up uh, to the truths that David Mamet has been talking about for several years now um, and saying, I just didn't know that this was in my party. Well, we've been warning you. We have been warning you. And now the theoretical. Yeah, they didn't hear it. The theoretical has now been proved by the actual, though. Yeah. yeah, no, look, I mean, this is part of the problem when you have a country where uh, two general ideological sides don't share any information. Yeah. One side watches MSNBC, one side watches Fox. Yeah. Between shall meet. Sam Stone, as always. Folks, you can get a lot more from him on his own show with Chuck Warren every Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds. Follow him on Twix at Sam the Pole. And we'll see you at Popeye's, buddy, one of these days, not tonight. (laughs) See you later, Sam. (laughs) Okay, God bless you. Talk to you later. Bye. Portions of the show brought to you by our dear friends at Y-Refi. It is a great company, and they are run by great people. Great people make for a great company, and they are full of them. They have an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, not correlated to the stock market or the Fed, with just a ton of flexibility. While in that portfolio, you'll know what each monthly statement will look like. You won't get any surprises. You can indeed turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, and there is no, whatever you like. And there is no loss or of principal or penalty if you need your money back at any time. No fees in this secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi, which is a due diligence approved firm where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return. 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. Invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. 888-YREFI-24. Keenly aware as we are of the vast deficiencies in American life today, the suffering, the injustice, the want, we must nevertheless spend our greatest efforts, it seems to me, in preserving the framework that supports the vaster bounties that make our country an oasis of freedom and prosperity. Our concern for deficiencies in America must not cause us to indict the principles that have allowed our country, its faults notwithstanding, to tower over the nations of the world as a citadel of freedom and wealth. With what severity and strength we can muster, we must punch the gas bag of cynicism and skepticism and thank Providence for what we have and must retain. Our distillation of the ideas, concepts, and theories expounded here must serve to enhance our devolution devolution to the good in what we have, to reinforce our allegiances to our principles, to convince us that our outlook is positive that the retention of the best features of our way of life is the most enlightened and noble of goals. We need not be embarrassed to mean for God as we know him, for country as we know it, and for here as we have known her. Thus spaketh 25-year-old William Buckley at Yale in 1950. Not a bad place to end there. Until tomorrow. Thank you, David. Thank you, Mr. Bill. I'm Seth Liebson. God bless you all. Class dismissed. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.